It's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Well, here we go. It's episode uh, 176 of the uh, Ron and Don Show. And we are live from the shores of South Lake Union. And we are also live from the Les Schwab Studios. And coming up, we got a really cool guest, don't we, Ron? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ed Troyer, detective and PIO for the uh, Pierce County Sheriff's Department, is going to stop by and make a very big announcement on the Ron and Don Show. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, of course, we know he's running for sheriff in Pierce County, but he also has another big announcement, you guys, that I think is, well, it, it's kind of a big deal. So don't go anywhere. We come back. We're going to spend some time with our good friend, Detective Ed Troyer. Soon to be Sheriff Ed Troyer? Who knows? We'll find out next Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys, listen up. This is why we love Les Schwab and we appreciate so much that they sponsor the Ron and Don Show because they are so involved in the community. In fact, right now, Les Schwab Tire Centers, uh, Aramark, and Food Lifeline, they're all working together. It's a big team, you guys, because they want to drive out hunger this holiday season. And everybody's asking themselves this time of year, hey, there's a lot of folks out there that need my help, but how do I jump in, Ron, and how do I help? Yeah, just drop off a non-perishable food donation at any Western Washington Les Schwab Tire Center, or you can just pull into the parking lot and a Les Schwab crew member will come out and take your donation. You can also donate online at leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. That's leschwab.com forward slash Ron and Don. Every donation helps stock the shelves of Food Lifeline programs in your communities. Join Les Schwab Tire Centers, Aramark, and Food Lifeline for the Drive Out Hunger Food Drive. It's happening now. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options like here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house i've bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life dawn's listening skills were um superior dawn came with ron he was incredibly well prepared they were just really impressive and the things that they outlined that they were were going to provide their services were it just made it easy it was a lay down and so we put it on the market on saturday there was a lot of interest they made an offer on the on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate, and they, they were just honest and straightforward, and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. 
You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. What's going on, you guys? It's episode number 176 of The uh, Ron and Don Show. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. And don't forget, he's Ron, I'm Don. That's why we call it The Ron and Don Show. And by the way, this show is free? No, it's not free. So that's why we have sponsors like Les Schwab. And that's why we are hard-working realtors. Ron and Don Brokers right here with Windermere, baby. And Ron, if you want to sit down with us, you want to talk about buying, selling, investing, what do you do? Yeah, you can go to ronandonsitdown.com. Or if you're one of our free guides that we just wrote, Don and I wrote two books, one for sellers, one for buyers. Just email me, ron at windermere.com, and I will send it out to you straight away. Yeah. Hey, you guys, we're, we're, we're pretty excited today because we have a very special guest on the Ron and Don Show that's about to make an announcement that may be kind of stunning at first, but then once you understand the announcement, it will probably make more sense to you. We met him about a decade ago. His name is Detective Ed Troyer. He's the, PR, the PIO of uh, the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. He's the public information officer, if you don't know what that is. And Ed, uh, thanks for being here on the Ron and Don Show. Before we get to that announcement, we have been down a lot of roads together Yep. In Pierce County, with the sheriff's department, and with Ron and Don, uh, it it's been it it's been quite a road, hasn't it? Yeah, you go over the like you said ten years ago from when we first met, when the Lakewood Four were killed, and everything that's happened between then. Uh, I've become good friends with your show, and you guys have been very very good to law enforcement, and your listeners have been good to law enforcement. And look at all the charities we did at during hurricanes and other disasters and Japan and boy, the list goes on and on and on. If it wasn't for the Ron and Don nation and you guys, we sure wouldn't have got a lot of that done. Well, if it wasn't for Ed Troyer in the Pierce County Sheriff's Department and Sheriff Pastor, let's be honest. And really David over at Q13 has helped a lot too. We wouldn't have got a lot of these things done. If, if you're new to the Ron and Don show or you haven't heard that on before, it was about 10 years ago that there was a coffee shop down in Lakewood where there's four officers that were murdered. As a result of that, there were children who are now adults that were left behind. And we all came together and raised millions of dollars to take care of those kids, take care of those families, and also make sure that those all those kids would be educated as they grew older. We adopted them as a community. And Ron, I remember it was eight degrees when we were standing down there in Pierce County selling chowder and doing various fundraisers with Ed and the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, right? Yeah, and that, that event, of course, was life-changing for many people. And I think the thing that Ed alluded to is when you are going through life and you find a kindred spirit, you find someone whose values uh, align with most of your values, and whose heart is in the right place, then you're happy to partner with them over and over again. And so that's what I think the relationship we had with you, Ed, is we become personal friends and we become friends. Uh, I remember, of course, a tornado hit in the Midwest and we sent a whole semi full of uh, stuff up there. When there was flooding in the middle part of our state, we helped out those that were flooded. So it's just, you have a heart of helping and Don and I have that same heart. And so over the years, that's been uh, the relationship that I, I just remember. Yeah, and of course we can't forget about the pile boys the Powell boys. And we also can't forget about the fact that it was Ed Troyer and it was also Sheriff Pastor that decided that when they were looking for a grave marker, the family was for Josh Powell. Uh, and he is the horrible father that murdered his two sons. If you don't know the story, you can Google it and read about it. I'm not going to go into it here. 
Uh, and then the family was trying to reunite the dead father with the boys that he had murdered horribly. And they're going to place him in the graveyard. And it was a sheriff pastor, Ned Troyer, that said, hey, there's 11 graves that are still in that graveyard. And if we buy them all, there's no way the family can put Josh there. So that's what we did. We came together. It was their idea. We helped raise the money. We got this done. And then also, uh, when the tsunami happened in Japan, I had this incredible idea uh, that we would uh, get a C-130, get a C-130 uh, from JBLM. Now, I didn't call JBLM, and I didn't even know what a C-130 is at the time. I just saw one online. I went, wow, that's pretty big. I wonder if we could fill that thing up. We saw this tsunami, and then I heard about 524 kids in Misawa, Japan, that were orphans. And we're like, you know what? They just went through this tsunami. Why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, pack up a C-130 and we'll send it over to Japan? So we shared that idea with you guys. You dropped off 11, 11 semis full of stuff. 11, 11. And I'm not talking little semis. I'm talking 55-foot trailers. You drop this stuff off at Cairo and we continued to pick it up. And then what we found out is we had nowhere to put it. So guess what we did? We called Detective Ed Troyer. He said, I have a warehouse down here in Pierce County. I have people that will go through all this stuff. They will pallet all this stuff and prepare to ship it. And so that's what we did. We shipped it all down to Pierce County. They took days upon weeks. They went through everything. They sorted it. They made it beautiful. And then we took those things. The C-130 was not available from JBLM, uh, come to find out. So Operation Airlift Japan became Operation, Operation Float to Japan. And we found... Uh, a local uh, a local charter boat that would take uh, everything to Japan. And then once we got it there, we had 11 semis that then drove hundreds of miles and dropped all this stuff off at an Air Force base. And then it was distributed to these children and Ron and Rachel Bell went there and they met all these kids. So Ed Troy, and I could share more stories. Ed Troyer, always in the middle of it. And here's what I always really appreciate about you, Ed. When the hits the fan, you step to a microphone and you tell people the truth when other PIOs uh, and other police chiefs kind of sit there and say, well, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't really talk about it. You guys never do that in Pierce County. Why is that? Well, we always want to put the information out the best that we have at the time and get it out to the public because I think that being in law enforcement, you know, we work for the people, we work for the citizens, and we want to be transparent. And we want to get what happened out there. Even if we're the ones that did something wrong, you know, we'll step up and take responsibility for it. And doing it that way uh, builds trust in our department. I mean, I've been doing this job plus many other jobs within the department for 20 years and working with Paul Pascar has been the blessing of a lifetime. And working with you guys and the citizens, it just doesn't work unless we're all working together. And I just am the one that's fortunate enough to be in the position I am where I get to deliver the messages and get to work with everybody to get all the stuff done that you um, just talked about. Uh, everybody, you know, that we know that we've come across and are friends of ours and the Ron and Don Nation, I get all kinds of messages from them. And you know, I've been recognized more from being on your show than I have television. And that says that a lot of people are listening and a lot of people are paying attention. Without their help, we couldn't get it done. So I think the forces have come together and we've been um, taking advantage of it for 10 years and helping a lot of different people and a lot of different causes and countries. Uh, 
you know, everywhere we go, everybody's very appreciative anything from the smallest event to the largest event. And I don't want to ever stop doing that. I mean, I, I want to keep doing that. And I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. So you got an uh, announcement today. I, th- I think the thing I remember most about you when I said, wow, this, this guy is not messing around is when the Lakewood four were shot and you guys were hunting the killer down in Pierce County and there were helicopters overhead, and you were mad as hell, weren't you? You were mad as hell at those news crews, and, and you went after them. I remember that, and I went, wow, this guy right here, I didn't know you that well at the, at the time, and I said, I want to partner with this guy because this guy right here is the real deal. Yeah, that was, that was you know, what people don't realize when a helicopter gets low, we have an operation going on and puts everybody in danger. And we don't want to give our tactics away. We need to be able to hear. And they were not going with the program. And they were disrupting what we were doing. We had somebody who just murdered four officers. And our goal was to make sure nobody else got hurt or killed. And we were trying to catch them. So basically, I let them know uh, right on the air that we were going to make them the story. And if anything were to happen to anybody, that I'd be the first one in line to say, hey, I told you to get those helicopters out of there. Or you're going to be in trouble, both criminally and possibly civilly. And I'll be the first one to testify that I warned you guys to do it. And I did that on the air. And you know what? Um, I think everybody understood my point. And within a few seconds, those helicopters were gone, which made the operation a lot safer. Yeah. And then you guys went on. You worked with the city of Seattle. And then all Mm -hmm. the police were here for Memorial. And everybody came. And everybody got uh, that shooter. So you have an announcement uh, to make today. And it... It's kind of sad to me. Uh, what's your announcement? Well, you know, I wanted to talk to you guys first since you've been so generous and kind over the years. Is that <clears throat> I've been on the department now for almost 36 years. I have 35 and a half years on. It's going to sound a little odd because I know you all know I'm running for sheriff in the elections Tuesday. But on Friday, I'm retiring from my position and retiring from the sheriff's department. Um, I'm retiring uh, for a few reasons. And the biggest one being that Sheriff Paul Pastor is already gone. And when the new sheriff is elected, when the election is certified, they take over at that particular time. And a lot of people don't start until January. Unfortunately, the new sheriff's going to start in November, which doesn't leave very much time for transition. So I've decided that I'm going to retire. And when I win the election Tuesday, with the help of Ron and Don Nation, everybody get out there and vote. Um, I'll have a few weeks until the election certified, and that'll give me time to do transition and get my team together and be ready to go and hit the ground running on November 25th. And if I don't win the election, then I'm just retired. I'll still have had a great 35, 35 and a half years, and I'll look forward to working with you guys and working with foundations, charities, and nonprofits. But I'm really looking forward to running the Sheriff's Department for four years and instilling some of the beliefs that we all have together with amongst our deputies and to continue to do the good stuff we do for the community. And in this whole entire world of everything that's going on, I want everybody to know that we are still going to continue to keep you safe. We are still going to continue to do law enforcement work. We're still going to continue to get the job done. We are not defunding. We are lucky enough that the county executive and council has recently approved 28 positions. So we're hiring. In fact, we just hired five Seattle police officers last week that have already been through the academy ready to go. And we're screening some more. We're going to hire some more of them. So unfortunately, Seattle's loss is our gain. We're going to build our department. We're going to keep people safe. And we're not going to have any of the problems that we're seeing around the country. And I want to make sure that I'm still part of that team as the sheriff of Pierce County. 
That, that is a huge announcement. And I want to speak on behalf of all the thousands of children over the years that you personally helped every year with the toy drive, even when it wasn't toy drive season, all the gifts, all the bicycles, all of the Santas uh, that came out. I mean, the one Santa that comes out every year and the kids get their pictures. Thank you on behalf of all the people that you've helped in Pierce County. Not all of them could say it to you directly. So I want to speak on their behalf. Uh, thank you for doing that. And then my question to you is, is in your mind, what is the arc from the first day you arrived in Pierce County to 35 years later? Uh, what's the storyline for you? Well, I, I spent 10 years in patrol in a police car working different parts of Pierce County and even as a resident deputy out in the harbor area. And then I spent five years in investigations, including working juvenile and a resident deputy, special ops. And then I spent some time on the FBI gang task force. So I have 15 years of street work, police work and different types of, you know, boots on the ground type experience. And then for the last 20 years, I've been part of the administration, you know, assigned by Sheriff Paul Pastor. Everybody knows me from my media job, but I also run the child abduction response team, Amber Alert, Silver Alert, and we've created so many programs within the department as the times move on and change. You know, transitioning from regular media and paper and TV cameras to digital media, I was there for all of that. And I, you know, I just really appreciate uh, having the opportunity to have done that. And I would never trade it for the world. And I look forward to who's going to take my spot working with them and see what they can do next, because it's ready for somebody else to take it to another level. That's what I think I did when I took the job. And I hope the person who takes my job does the same thing. And, you know, part of part of our success with the toys and everything has been that our department works together, but also one of your sponsors, Les Schwab, and they are really the biggest toy club collecting gathering entity in Western Washington that there is. And without them, without Les Schwab and your listeners coming to all the different events that we've done and where I've gotten to do entire radio shows, the whole entire four hours with you guys, or Ron and I, I think a couple times did it when Don was stuck in traffic. And that was some of the most fun days we've ever had watching the people come out and the kids come out and give toys. So, you know, it's just, it's just been a tremendous ride. I don't want it to stop. And I really appreciate where I'm at. Yeah. I'm going to ask you some tough questions because I know I can. Sure. And mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you some tough questions because you're a candidate and, and I'm a journalist and you're a candidate. And, and we didn't, pra I want people to know that we didn't practice this. No. So how did you feel about the riots in Seattle and, and Chief Best leaving the Seattle Police Department? Well, when Chief Best left the Seattle Police Department, I think from what I understand is her hands were tied. She didn't want them to be tied. It's hard to be the chief when you're really not the chief. When you have a city council and you have a city manager and you have a mayor telling you what to do and directing what you to do, and if you don't do it, they can fire you. Uh, no, Chief Bess is very respected. She used to be in my job with Seattle PD, and I've worked with her many times. I know her heart's always been in the right spot, not only for the citizens, but for her own people. And, you know, being sheriff, one of the advantages that we have is being the sheriff, you're working for the people, you're elected. So I would be elected, and my boss are the citizens of Pierce County. So there wouldn't be an issue of the council or city manager or county manager or county executive trying to dictate how we do law enforcement. If people don't like what we're doing, then the voters will say, that's not working for us and eliminate me. 
But in the meantime, I'm going to stand up for our deputies, our people, our citizens. I love Pierce County. I love our people. I love the citizens. And I look forward to continuing on doing that and making sure that we still do police work and that our citizens stay safe and we don't turn into, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, we don't turn into Seattle or King County. Um, you know, one of the things people said, hey, don't King County our Pierce. And I agree with that. Uh, there's a lot of things they do good up there, but there's a lot of things that aren't going very well. And I'm very proud of our citizens and people down here because when we had protests, we had protests. We had thousands of people in the street. We had obedient civil protests without busting stuff up and causing riots. And we are still doing them. They're still coming, but we don't have the problems that Portland and Seattle have. And as long as I'm around, we're not going to have the problems. We are still going to do enforcement. Yeah. Would you ever give up a piece of Pierce County and say, you know what? It's just a summer of love. And and we know we can't get police in. We know we can't get fire. But, hey, let's give these guys some room here. Absolutely. That will not that will never happen in, in Pierce County. And that will not happen to our guys. I'll never tell our people to stop policing. I'm not going to let them be out there. Our, our men and women aren't going to go out there and get hurt and get bottles thrown at them and get run over. That's not going to happen. If people are going to behave like that, we have plenty of room in our jail and that's immediately where they're going to go. And I think they know that when the protesters came down here and tried a little bit of rough business, we took care of business with them and there wasn't a lot of TV cameras down here. So they went back to Portland and went back to Seattle and our citizens have remained village, you know, very respectful. And we have conversations with them. And I would strive to keep it that way. We want to hear from our citizens. We want them to protest. We want them to be heard. What we don't want is looting and burning of buildings and injuries on both sides. As long as I'm around, we're not going to let that happen. Yeah. If you're the next sheriff of uh, Pierce County, do Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. Do Black people's lives matter? Of course. All lives matter, yes, but if you say white lives matter, black lives matter, nothing can matter unless everybody lives matter. And is there a lot to be learned from black lives matters and the black population and how they've been treated? 100%. Um, one of the things that I would do is my staff, if you look at it, I'm not going to say who, I would have three people of color on my staff in appointed positions. And they're all tremendous citizens in Pierce County that can help bridge that gap. Uh, I would always be willing to learn. You know, I have a black grandson. I have a Pacific Islander uh, for a wife, and my daughter is a registered Cowlitz Indian. So I've grown up and worked amongst, um, you know, uh, diversity. And I still have a lot to learn. Our people still have a lot to learn. But I think if we connect and we communicate, we can get there faster and we can get everybody on board and on the same page because you know we all want the same thing we want to have a beautiful life we want to take care of our kids and we want to have a prosperous society and a strong community without doing all that i don't think you can have that no george floyd was that murder or was that a police officer that just didn't know what the heck he was doing because it wasn't trained properly what were your thoughts on that well when i saw that I don't think anybody in our business saw that and said, "What? why is it taking so long? Why are they doing that when the threat is over? We, we don't do that. That just doesn't happen. And I think the thing that bothered me most about it was that there were others standing around watching it happen and seemed pretty nonchalant about it. So what that would lead me to believe that was, you know, typical behavior of that particular group of people or department. And in our department, if somebody were to do something like that, I know our people stand up and say, hey, knock it off, enough's enough. And that was the scary part about that, was that the others there just watched and let it happen. 
Um, when the threat's done and the threat's over and you don't need to do that, you, we, are, we do not dole out the punishment. That is not our job. Our job is to keep everybody safe, whether it's victims and or suspects, not to make the situation worse. And so I think the whole situation was terrible and that that even got to that point to begin with and that even started and that they were even doing that. Whether it's murder or not, I don't know the fine details or investigation, but when it gets to a jury trial, the jury is gonna spend a lot of time taking a look at the evidence and understanding what did and didn't happen. And they're the ones that are gonna make that decision. And that's how it should be because we're all looking at a piece of video and we're all looking at, um, you know, everybody's opinions, uh, when in reality, these things take weeks and weeks and weeks to investigate, and the trial could take a long time. And so I'm going to hold judgment on whether he's guilty or not, or what a, the malice in his heart was, until the jury looks at the evidence and decides, just like we do with anybody else or any other criminal case. Once we stray from that and start making up our own rules and laws, then we have a way bigger problem. Yeah, let's pivot now to COVID. Yes. You were one of the first police departments because I was with you when, when you went out and you started to seek mass. You also mm -hmm. do donated a lot of material to an organization that I worked with, the Artesian Artist Initiative, and they yes. were able to uh, make masks. You helped distribute those. If we have a Governor Culp, he mm -hmm. is going to say, hey, you know what? Wear masks, don't wear masks. It's, it's your personal freedom, whatever you want to do. You have Governor Jay Inslee, who said yesterday at nauseum that he gives himself a lot of credit because by everyone wearing masks, even though the COVID may have started here in Washington state, uh, we have had one of the best success rates of tamping it down, according to um, a new survey that just came out and some new science. What is your take on COVID? What is your take on masks as we head into the holiday seasons and everyone's thinking about, do I trick or treat? Do we get together and have Thanksgiving? What's going to happen at Christmas? What is uh, Detective Ed Troyer, maybe the new sheriff of Pierce County? What does he say? Well, we would work really closely with our health department, our Department of Emergency Management. And when you're talking about the masks that we all got to begin with, Ming Ming over there has been great supporter of law enforcement and gotten our, our troops masks and made some special masks for our people. And, you know, we're out dealing with the public and sometimes the public has other issues besides COVID. And so we're used to wearing masks and wearing gloves and using hand sanitizer. Uh, to see it spread all over with everybody voluntarily doing it, you know, I agree with that. We're, we're not going to be able to enforce the policy, but, you know, we're not going to do that. But if a private business says you're wearing a mask when you come in here and if you don't, then we have other issues that we can enforce, like trespassing or kick them out or something, because they're a private business. And if they don't want you in there, then you're not in there. Um, if you don't want to wear a mask, stay home. If the private businesses want you to wear a mask, wear a mask. If we can get out of this quicker and we can get out of this sooner by wearing masks, of course, let's wear masks and get out of this. Uh, it just seems that the science is different depending on who you listen to. And every single day, it's uh, somebody's telling you something different. So everybody should educate themselves. Our deputies educate themselves. Majority of our deputies are wearing masks. Sometimes, obviously, it's hard to communicate with people when you're not. But, you know, there's social distancing. It's, it's just the new norm for all of us. Uh, we have very big uh, considerations in our correctional facility. And one of the things that we can say we're proud of is that we have not had a person with COVID, an inmate with COVID, since this whole thing started. Wow. So we are very, very selective. And when we bring people in, we do a very good job of screening. And so um, as you see these outbreaks across the country, 
and the elderly people and people with issues passing away. My gosh, we don't want that to happen. And if you've known anybody that's died from COVID, you're going to take it a lot more serious and you're going to do a little bit more research. But I also understand the frustration of all the events we're missing. Believe me, this summer, you know, you guys, all the different events that we do in the summer, Toys for Tots is coming up and we're not going to be able to have DSHS for distribution. We're not going to be able to do the toy drives that we normally do because of the lack of contact. So we're down here spinning our heads trying to figure out how we're going to make up for that deficit. We're going to have to get creative, but um, we're in the world we live in and, we, and the more we all can do together, I think the sooner we can get out of it. Yeah. Final question for you. Detective Ed Troyer has just announced on the Ron and Don show that he's retiring. Uh, and if he's the sheriff next week, he'll be back. And uh, if he's not, then uh, he says he had a great 35, 36 year, year run. Uh, I write a lot on Facebook and I decided at the beginning of the year in January, I've never told anyone this and I'll share it with you and Ron right now. That, that everything that I would write and everything that I would share in the way that I would conduct myself, that I would try to make sure no matter what happened or no matter how someone came at me, that it would end in love, that it would end in love. Everything ends in love is what I wrote on uh, January 1st of last year. And so I would, I would write some things, uh, especially during this political climate and COVID and, and, and people really getting after each other. And, and I would just write at the end, I would write love and then it would be my name. And it's kind of weird for a 53-year-old man to end things in love. What I noticed though is what it seems like we are really lacking when it comes to the way that we communicate with each other is respect. And so as I was writing about a month ago, I started ending things with love and respect. Respect seems to be missing in our culture. I will say this, though. When I go to Pierce County, when I interact with the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, when I interact with you, when I interact with Sheriff Pastor, uh, it is all about respect, isn't it? And even though we may uh, not agree or we may disagree to agree or agree to disagree, uh, respect is really important to you. And as a human and as a cop and as a PIO, I just have to say, that's really the way that I've seen you conduct yourself behind the scenes. And I really appreciate that about you, Ed. Well, also I appreciate about you guys too and all of our people. I mean, you're, you talk about respect. Uh, I mean, even though you're dealing with people in crisis, you still want to have as much respect for them as you would your own relative because they're hurting, especially right now with them. Um, COVID going on and separation and isolation. Uh, our suicides are up. Our mental health calls are up. Our domestic violence calls are up. And everybody needs to take exactly what you said and have a little bit of love and respect for everybody. And sometimes it is time to isolate yourself and take a time out from whatever it is that's going on and do a reset. I've done it myself. Tell you what, if you want to see both sides of everything, run for a political office. This is the first time I've ever done this. And it's going to be the last time because I've seen a lot of people that are just disrespectful, people I've never met. And I feel bad for them because how can you have that much hate and discontent for somebody you don't know, especially with the presidential election. It's like us versus them or them versus us. 
And, you know, we're all in this together. We all want this country to be great. We all want our state to be great. I mean, there's really nobody that doesn't want the same outcome after these elections that are happening. It's just how do we get there and how do we work together to make that happen? And I think through your show between listeners and law enforcement and, and your sponsors, we've done, we've done a lot of good. And you guys, I can't wait to watch you to continue to do that. Yeah. I can't wait. Next week, next Tuesday, Sheriff Ed Troyer. And now here's the PIOs, Ron and Don. <laughs> yeah. One be my social media coordinator, the other will be a PIO. We'll see how long the three of us last. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We wouldn't be, be very good PIOs, but we'd be very loud and we'd have a lot of fun. <laughs> fun and entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah. Ed, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Hang on, you guys. Yeah, we'll uh, give you some final thoughts on the other side of this. Thank you. Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, well, there we go. Maybe Sheriff Fed Troyer next Tuesday. We'll see how that goes. What are your thoughts on, uh, on Ed? I have to say, you and I have done radio in a lot of different markets, from San Francisco to Dallas to New Orleans to Grand Rapids to Seattle. To, we just keep going and going Phoenix. and going. Uh, he is one of the finest communicators when it comes to being a PIO that we have ever met. When he steps to a microphone, he gives you information. He answers the questions. And sometimes the questions are really uncomfortable. He's not afraid to answer those. He confronts those. Well, not only that, but that to me is the second most important thing he does. The first most important thing he does, in my opinion, is never hesitate to get involved with the community. And as you more than me, sometimes when you jump into the, the deep end of the pool, it turns out to be way more than you bargained for when you're going to help somebody or going to get involved with a cause. And Ed has never blinked when it comes to when, when you brought up the airlift Japan. I actually went to Japan. I visited that orphanage. Uh, I saw the village that was decimated by uh, the tsunami with my own eyes. I met those villagers that survived uh, that wave that came through and took everybody's life and their possessions away. Um, that was a not a small undertaking uh, to get those possessions there. I watched those little boys and girls uh, go through the toys and put a baseball glove on for the first time and, and get a ball that was signed by Ichiro. And so it, it, it's, it, it changed lives. Yeah. It impacted lives. And we could go on and on with all the different examples. But I, I raised that point to say, Ed didn't blink when we said, we can't store this stuff. Or you need, can you help us find some way to get it over there? And he never asked for an accolade. He never asked for an attaboy. He never asked for his name on the marquee. He never said, oh, I, want, I need to be, this needs to be the Ed show. It can't be the Ron and Don show. It needs to be the Ed show. He never did that. Uh, and so that to me is what makes him special. And I think Pierce County would do well by his leadership. Yeah. I'd say we're kindred spirits. Him and I jump in the deep end of the pool together and then we, then we figure out how we're going to swim. And that's just the way some people are wired sometimes. And that's the way I'm wired. That's the way that he's wired. And, and so we will in always some way be tied to Pierce County. Very, very proud of that. We'll always be tied to him. We'll always be tied to Sheriff Pastor. Uh, and we've been able to do a lot of the things that we've done over the years because of Sheriff Pastor. 
uh, and his great leadership down there too. So we will certainly miss him. And we've been through a lot of trauma together, you guys. And, and let me say this. I asked Ed one time. I said, why do you do all this stuff for kids? Um, and then he told me. He said, you know, as a PIO, and a lot of PIOs don't do this because not every PIO is a cop, right? Uh, not every PIO for a fire department uh, has been a firefighter. And he walks through every scene. So when the Powell boys were brutally murdered with those gasoline bombs and hatches by their father, and then the house was set on fire, he walked through that scene because he wanted to know what the boys went through. And he also wanted to know what his detectives went through. He wanted to know what the other officers that were there, he wanted to know the trauma that they'd gone through. And so he put himself through the same trauma. When the Lakewood Four happened, he walked through the Forza Coffee Shop. He saw those four officers and he knew them by name. He knew all of them because he wanted to be able to really understand what the shooter had done. And uh, he wanted to understand also what those officers had gone through. So he could be not only sympathetic, empathetic towards those families, but also so he could help go out and get justice uh, for those four particular officers. And then when he has someone like Deputy Mundell, whose life was taken, at the same time we had the Lakewood Four, when, there, when those lives were taken, uh, and the list goes on and on, he always shows up. He always shows up at the door. He always shows up and comforts those families. Um, he has just always done that. It's part of the fabric of his being. Over the years, he, he has fostered eight different children. So when he was talking about the fact that, hey, I have grandchildren, I have children that don't exactly look like me, it's because he's gone out there. And kids that some felt like were throwaway kids or risky kids, he has taken those children into his own home. And then when it comes to the toy drive every year, he will fight you. He will beat you up for a toy. He will. He will fight you for a bite for a child. And he says the reason why he does that is because it gives him a sense of balance. It brings him back to center. It helps him find his center. And when he's walked through the coffee shop, when he's walked through particular scenes, and when he has seen horror, he says being able to go out and do something good in the community, and especially for children, he says it's the way that he, it cleanses his heart, it cleanses his mind, it gives him purpose, uh, and it brings him back to a place of love and respect uh, because otherwise it could really turn into rage, right? Yeah, and I think the, the proudest moments of for me of the Ron, history of the Ron and Don show, most of them have involved uh, Detective Ed Troyer. So I, I hope that uh, next week on Tuesday night going into Wednesday that uh, he gets very good news and is elected sheriff in Pierce County. I think he deserves it. Yeah, I think he does too. So, But Pierce County will decide. We will not. Anyway, our thanks to him for stopping by. Our thanks to you for stopping by. Our thanks to everybody that's been reaching out to us, too. We wrote these two cool books, you guys. One's for buyers, one's for sellers, because it shows free. But we got to go out and work. And we love to work for you. We love real estate. We've loved it for a long time. And our thanks to everyone that has reached out. In fact, Christina just reached out to us and said, hey, could you send me the buyer's book? And we sent her the buyer's book. And now we decided that we're going to be a team together and we're going to work together. We're going to go find a home. And uh, Don might steal her cat. (laughs) Apollo's a pretty cool cat. And Logan's a pretty cool uh, little boy that she has too. So we're looking forward to working together with her. If you want to be part of our team, 
just reach out to us. Go to ronadonsitdown.com. That's ronadonsitdown.com. That's what we did with her the other morning. We'll sit down. We'll have a virtual cup of coffee together. We'll have a conversation. See if we want to be a team. And then sometime next year in the spring or summer. See, it's never too early, you guys. Sometime the spring or summer next year, we'll find her forever home. Okay? You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. And make sure you check out ronanddonsitdown.com and get one of those guides. And we'll see you next time only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Page G Force O'Neill, Brains Ogus Operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.